And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senoras y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast, brought to you by none other than Silverback Sports. ShopSilverback.com. I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez. RobG1063 on Twitter is where you can find me. And joining me, as always, here on the show, which is Season 3, Episode 2, is the founder of NAI Ball, the man himself, the foremost authority on NAI Baseball, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, man, what's going on? How are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm fantastic. Having one of my better days in a while. So, as always, I'm pumped to be here, man. Man, I'm excited to be here with you and talk NAI Baseball with you, as always. But I got to start off on a note here, and we really want to take a moment to remember Mobile Head Baseball Coach Mike Jacobs, who passed away this past year in the offseason season. He was the founder of that program, and he was somebody that that meant a lot. You know, anytime it's a head coach, that's a guy that that means something to you. I know my coaches in college mean something to me, and so it's it's just something that I can't imagine what those current players or, or former players are going through, what they're feeling. You know, you're you're talking about a program that includes guys like J.C. Romero and Joe Espada with the Houston Astros, and so. Our thoughts and prayers and our condolences go out to the Mike Jacobs family. Our condolences, thoughts, and prayers go out to the entire mobile mobile baseball program. And so we, we're just really thinking of y'all and just keep doing what you're doing. Keep grinding it out and keep going at it. And Cody, man, we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of a moment of silence here for for Coach Jacobs. So as we move on here into our show, we really want to hammer home exactly what's going on this week, exactly what we're going to talk about, and it's going to be a great show, Cody. I think we're getting back into it. We're getting back into the meat of it. We finally can start off. We've got a lot of shout-outs and mentions. We've got a lot of best of the week of the last weekend, what was going on. We've got a really good hitter and pitcher of the week. We've got some great series to watch. Awesome big series of the week, of course, with our biggest one being Lion and LSU Shreveport, which are Silverback Sports big series of the week. And then we're going to talk Baseball America prospect review numbers 20 through 11 for the MLB draft. So let's go ahead and kick this off, Cody. Let's get this rolling. And we're going to start things off here at shout outs and mentions. And a shout out first and foremost to Campbellsville head baseball coach Buford Sanders wins his 1200th game. He's the active wins leader in the entire state of Kentucky. A shout out to Oklahoma City University head baseball coach Denny Crayball. Of course, got to mention his assistant, Keith Lytle, great guy, won their 1,500th game last week. Absolutely worth a mention, 1,500 wins. We've got two active 1,500-game winners in the NAI with Woody Hunt. Concordia University, Nebraska, scores 16 runs in an inning against McPherson on Sunday. Mid-American Christian, 
out of Oklahoma, Jaylee Paredes, is 11 for 16. He had nine runs, two doubles, two home runs, eight RBIs, and turns right around, gets on the bump, goes six innings pitch, two earned runs, eight strikeouts in relief. He gets a win and a save this past weekend. A mention here to Bethel's left fielder Nick Proto, who's absolutely crushing it right now. Hit a game-tying home run and then hit a walk-off home run in the same game this past weekend. 18 for 27 for a 667 average, four home runs, 15 RBIs on the year so far. A shout-out here for back-to-back complete game shutouts. 14 consecutive scoreless innings for St. Andrews, North Carolina starter Davis O'Brien, who's got 23 strikeouts in that run. A mention here to Columbia, left fielder Jarrett Newell. Six hits in one game in their win over Ave Maria. That's an NAI season high. A shout-out to Point Georgia. They open their season 7-0. and Brendan Perez is hitting 560 with two home runs. we got to give a shout-out to Central Baptist freshman Griffith Oland. 10 for 17, three home runs, 13 RBIs on the weekend. Tabor pitching was dominant on the road in San Antonio, Texas against Our Lady of the Lake University. Freshman Caden Everett picked up a win and a save on the mound. Team pitching-wise, a 1-9-3 ERA, 27 strikeouts in 28 innings pitch. And then shout-out to Southwest Assemblies of God out of Waxahachie, Texas. They're off to an 8-3 start. First baseman Joseph Vasquez is 15 for 29 with eight doubles and two home runs. LSU Shreveport's Kyle Jones, the center fielder, hits two grand slams in the same day. And finally, a shout-out to starting pitcher for Thomas, George Moran. He was absolutely electric versus Bruton Parker. Six innings pitch, two hits, 15 strikeouts. We also want to send a mention and a shout-out to the Thomas University baseball family who right now is going through the loss of a recent graduate and former player of that program. Our thoughts and our prayers are with y'all's entire program as you work through this. Cody, what stands out to you from this past week's shout-outs and mentions? I think the biggest is Coach Crayball winning his 1500th game. I mean, he's really just a staple of NAIA baseball. 14 World Series appearances, 86 All-Americans, and 69 MLB draft picks. I think what he and Coach Lytle have done has just been incredible, and uh, that was just a huge moment, and congratulations to them. No, it's 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 huge. I mean, Oklahoma City's a blue blood. It doesn't matter what way you want to look at it. There, That's a blue blood program. That's up there with some of the big things that, that LCSC has done out, you know, in their time in NAI baseball, they are a team that is consistently in Lewiston. They are a team that you expect to get there. You talk about OCU baseball and, and Wade stadium, and you talk about a team that's going to be competitive and a team that's going to be good every single year, year in year out. So congratulations to coach Crayball. Congratulations to everybody who made our shout outs and mentions list. We move on now to the week recap. What happened this past week? What went on? We start things out with Freed Hardeman University, who swept the four-game series over Uno. Alex Huey had a complete game shutout with 11 strikeouts in games two. Josh Sears hit two home runs on the weekend. And then freshman Drew Robertson pinch hit two RBI walk-off double in the opening game. Number two, St. Thomas University swept the three-game series over number 22, Middle Georgia State. Ernest Pino was masterful. He had a no-no with 12 strikeouts. We'll talk more about him in a little bit. Murphy Andrews struck out the first eight batters he faced. He would go five innings pitch, one earned run, and 10 strikeouts. 
Number 20, Central Methodist Missouri bounces back this weekend. Added a pair of top 10 wins on Saturday, defeating number 7, Bellevue, out of Nebraska 12-2, and then defeated Oklahoma City University by a score of 4-1. Mason Schwellenbach went six innings pitch, one earned run, six strikeouts. Logan Herring, four for five with a home run and five RBIs versus Bellevue. And then Sergio Macias hit the go-ahead three-run home run in the fifth and closed the game, got the save versus Oklahoma City. Vanguard out of California wins the series over number 25, Ben Mesa, two games to one. Third baseman Chad Sutton went 4-5 with a homer in the opener. And Devin Satorius, a complete game three-hit shutout in the rubber match finale of that series. Westmont defeated Oklahoma Wesleyan twice, 5-0 and 6-5. Westmont was capped off and led by a walk-off from the freshman shortstop Brady Rank. Ave Maria finished the weekend 3-1. and Two complete game shutouts by freshman Will Shea. Eight innings pitch, no runs, and six strikeouts versus Culver Stockton. And then Trey Felker, seven innings pitch, no runs, eight strikeouts versus Columbia. Aquinas defeated the University of Rio Grande twice. Coach Chris LaMange had his first two wins in the NAI, a former Aquinas guy himself, so he leads his alma mater to two wins. Congratulations, Coach, there, and congratulations to Aquinas on two big victories over a Rio Grande team receiving votes in the poll. St. Catherine out of California in their first season in the NAI, off to a hot start, 9-2 and two on the year. A huge series win over NCAA Division II Cal State San Marcos, 2-1. to one. Again, USK starts off the year 9-2. and two. And then Columbia International out of South Carolina wins their first series in program history over Trinity Baptist out of Florida. Cody, man, which of those games and series going on really sticks out to you? Well, I just think it was really important for Central Methodist to bounce back the way they did, pick up top 10 wins over Bellevue and Oklahoma City, and just the way they did it, I was really impressed. They looked really good Saturday. They really did, and and it's you know in my opinion it's a huge bounce back win for them because they went in as the ranked team against Our Lady of Lake, and as we talked earlier in the year when we gave Our Lady of Lake, not just talking in a video, but also talking on the podcast, I told y'all, they're going to be competitive in the RRAC for opportunity to make the playoffs. I was not expecting them to go out and beat Central Methodist three games to one. They did that. They played great. They played better than Central Methodist in a lot of aspects of that game, of those games. But CMU coming out and playing two very good teams in Bellevue and Oklahoma City and really bouncing back and making those things happen, I think absolutely huge for Central Methodist. Mason Schwellenbach, of course, the preseason All-American. You're looking for him to be great. He was absolutely that. Six innings pitch, one earned run, six strikeouts. Cody, before we move on to hitter and pitcher of the week, got to give a shout-out to Adrian Dinkle, Southeastern University, for his 400th career win. Also, so far on today, we are recording this right now on Tuesday. Zach Cornell has three home runs on the day. Wanted to give him a shout-out as well. Let's move on here to our series, NAI Ball Players of the week brought to you by Silverback Sports. Our pitcher of the week is St. Thomas University Ernest Pino. He threw a no-hitter versus number 22 Middle Georgia State. No hits, no runs, and 12 strikeouts. In our hitter of the week, if you follow the Twitter, it's this really shouldn't be a surprise. Even if you follow the Instagram, this really shouldn't be a surprise. But Wayland Baptist University, Luis Vargas, is on an absolute tear right now. He is a monster. And just this past week, he went five home runs, 13 RBIs, and he is a repeater. 
in this award, the NAI Ball Player of the Week, for the first two weeks of our podcast season is Wayland Baptist University, Luis Vargas. Cody, man, talk a little bit about not just Pino, but what Luis Vargas has done this year for Wayland Baptist. I mean, he is just absolutely on fire. I mean, to have 10 home runs in 12 games, it's just unreal. I mean, you talk about the NAI records 36. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but this guy is on a rapid pace. And uh, I just think he's been super productive. He's hitting for a high average. He's not striking out. Uh, He looks like the real deal. And to just give credit to Pino, to do that to Middle Georgia State, a team that can always swing the bat, that's just sensational. Go out there and no-hit a team like that, incredible. Yeah, Middle Georgia State is really known for their offense, and so it was really a big step in the right direction there for St. Thomas University to show that with Ernest Pino and be able to go out and do that to a team that is known for its its spectacular offense. And then Luis Vargas, I mean, just insane. I mean, it's like Cody said, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves talking about Bo Mills and records and things like that. But to play the amount of games that he has and to hit 10 home runs in basically three weeks – is is absolute insanity. So congratulations to Ernest Pino. Throws a no-hitter versus Middle Georgia State. He's our NAI Ball Podcast brought to you by Silverback Sports Pitcher of the Week. And our NAI Ball Podcast brought to you by Silverback Sports Hitter of the Week is Wayland Baptist University's Luis Vargas. Before we move on and really start getting into what's going to happen this week and what's upcoming and where you need to keep your eyes peeled and what you need to be watching, we want to tell you about Silverback Sports and how they are the official sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast. The Alpha in Arm Care and Training Essentials, owned and led by coaches, owned and led by NAI coaches. Premium and durable materials for individual and team use, always available at ShopSilverback.com. That's ShopSilverback.com. Unlock the Silverback in you. Cody, got to give a quick shout-out to everyone over at Silverback Sports. They were sending out all sorts of training gear and baseballs, weighted balls, everything that teams need, not just to college teams, but they were getting ready to send them out to the Yankees. So that's a, a pretty big step for our sponsor. So congratulations to them. Let's take a look at games and series to watch. What you should be watching this weekend outside of our big series of the week, where you need to be paying attention. And let's start things off here with Texas Wesleyan versus Bellevue versus Our Lady of the Lake, a three-way going on there in Fort Worth, Texas. It'll be a great test for all three of those teams. Reinhardt will take on IU Southeast. Faulkner versus University of Northwestern Ohio. William Jessup versus Westmont in a GSAC conference matchup. St. Catharines versus UAV. Talladega versus Middle Georgia State. William Carey versus Brian, OCU versus Madonna, and then Tabor versus Mobap. Cody, which of those games and series, or what else kind of stands out to you today? Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing William Jessup and Westmont. Just some early GSAC action, two of the best teams in the conference, and I think it's going to be really good. Anytime you can pit two conference teams that are really high quality against each other early in February, count me in. You really never know what's going to happen in the GSAC, and, and really it's it's such a dog-eat-dog environment. And every GSAC coach I talk to basically 200% agrees with that assessment. It's good baseball, but they end up just beating each other to a pulp. And so at the end of the year, everybody's like, well, are they good? 
Do we know what they've got? You know, everybody's got a good record, but you look at their conference record and everybody's like 18 and 14. So I can't wait for it because it's some of the best baseball we're going to see year round. Cody, you and I get to watch this stuff all the time. If you get an opportunity, watch William Jessup versus Westmont. It's good stuff. It's good broadcast. It's definitely going to be worth your time. I will also be paying attention to Texas Wesleyan versus Bellevue versus Our Lady of the Lake. I think this is a good test for Texas Wesleyan, who's been all over the place, really to start out the season with a lot of close games. I think it's a great chance for them to really hit it hard and come out of here with some good wins if they can find it. For Bellevue, it's a good way to set the tone, continue on that success that you had in 2019 and into 2020 versus quality programs who are ranked and who will at some point in the future, maybe not this year, but in the future, Our Lady of the Lake will be there. And then for Olu, it's just an opportunity to keep getting better. They play such a brutal schedule. I know you and I, Cody, have talked about that before, but really such a brutal schedule with for Our Lady of the Lake, and they're just going to continue to try to hit it hard and, and make good things happen. So really good opportunity for them to mature a little bit and get better. I'll also be paying attention to Talladega. They don't get enough love. They're a quality baseball program. They're a good team. They're going to make some good things happen this year. They're a team to watch out of the AII for that final spot to get into the national tournament. So shout out to Talladega. They will take on Middle Georgia State. And then I'm also interested in seeing how St. Catharines responds versus UAV. It's going to be a big test for them. Also a big test for Antelope Valley as we head into CalPAC season. Let's move on here to... Our final part of the show, but the best part of the show, and it is the Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week. Cody, man, we start things off with Tennessee Wesleyan versus Indiana Tech as two 2019 World Series teams square off in an early season non-conference matchup. For Tennessee Wesleyan, they're off to a huge start. Offensively, they're hitting 415 as a team with 14 home runs and 44 RBIs in four games. They've played four games. 14 home runs, 44 RBIs. Tennessee Wesleyan, insanely good offensively to start the year. Gary Mattis is an insane 11 for 15 with three home runs, four RBIs. If the offense continues to upswing, it's going to be hard to stop the Bulldogs no matter what their pitching looks like. And guess what? Their pitching has been pretty dang good to start the year as well. For Indiana Tech, they'll be opening up the season with the defending national champs. The Warriors beat Tennessee Wesleyan twice in the regular season last year, 14 to 5 and 6 to 1. The Warriors fell to the Bulldogs in the World Series by a score of 11 to 3. Tech loses a lot of talent from last year but still returns 15 players from the World Series squad. It's going to be a great test for this team, for Coach McWilliams' team right off the bat. Cody, give me your thoughts. I mean, I just agree with you. I think Tennessee Wesleyan is probably the best offensive team in the country. I mean, to match 14 home runs in four games, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Indiana Tech, luckily for them, they're bringing back some pitchers that are really good. Charles Donovan last year was absolutely sensational. Struck out 96 batters in 75 innings. I mean, put together a 2.5 ERA, 15 starts. And they bring back one of the best relievers in the country, Landon Bloor, 117 ERA in 38 innings pitched. You know, this is a really good one. Tennessee Wesleyan owns the series 18-9 to overall. Tech got them early last year. Wesleyan was able to get the revenge in Lewiston. This is a good early season matchup. One thing to look out for is Indiana Tech's making their season debut, whereas Tennessee Wesleyan has a week under their belt. I think this is going to be really a good series. I think that this could 
really be one of the more interesting ones around the nation. Obviously, it's in our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week for a reason. It is going to be one of the more interesting ones from around the nation. But I think for Tennessee Wesleyan, it's a good test early on in the season for them. And for Indiana Tech, I mean, you're starting out with a monster right out of the gate. And it's really going to test your mettle and test who you are. And so I'm excited for that series. We move on to our second Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week here on the NAI Ball Podcast. Cody, and you know that this one holds a special place in my heart. It is Kaiser University versus St. Thomas University, the best rivalry in South Florida. And two teams who right now only have one loss at the time that we started recording this podcast meet up for their first conference matchup in baseball's best South Florida rivalry for Kaiser. Kaiser off to a hot start. They've left the yard 10 times so far this season with 65 RBIs in the seven games they've played. That does not include the game against Warner that they've played today. On the mound, Dakel Reyes has 10 punch outs in seven innings pitch. Todd Mercado has also been solid in six and two-thirds innings of work, facing 23 batters, allowing zero hits. They basically have played their first nine-inning baseball game today. They've run-ruled everyone else that they've played, so they did get the win over Warner today. But Cody, looking at St. Thomas University, they're coming off a sweep of top 25 Middle Georgia State, which includes an Ernest Pino no-hitter. They've played a good schedule for the Bobcats, which includes a win over Division II powerhouse Nova Southeastern. Pitching has to be the highlight for St. Thomas University. A team ERA of 248 leads the way. Offensively, you're going to look at Kobe Lopez. Eight hits to start off the season with six of those being for extra base hits. And the pitcher that I'm going to watch most closely is going to be Murphy Andrew because he's going to bring the velo on the mound into the mid to upper 90s. It's going to be such a great series. This is one that while I was at Kaiser, while I was coaching at Kaiser, I was calling for Kaiser. It didn't matter, but I was getting pumped up for no matter what, whether we're playing in Miami Gardens or playing in beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida. It does not matter. It's a great series. I encourage you, if you're in the area, go watch it. Go check it out. So, Cody, give me your thoughts on this series coming up. Like you said, just a South Florida rivalry. It's a great matchup. St. Thomas owns the series lead 40-17, to 17, but it's closed since, you know, the last couple of years. It's definitely gotten a lot tighter. Uh, like you said, this is pitching versus hitting, in my opinion. Kaiser is absolutely raking, hitting 360, 74 runs with 10 bombs in seven games. Talk about four players for them hitting north of 450 so far this year. Mason Dennison's raking. Drew Riley's raking. They just got so many guys right now swinging the bat well against the St. Thomas team that completely shut Middle Georgia down on the mound. They were probably, you know, one of the best rotations in the country. Their pitching led them to the championship last year in Lewiston. So I just, I really like St. Thomas's pitching. I really like Kaiser's offense. I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Contrast the styles. I like it. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be a great matchup. It's one that I wish I could I could be out there for, and I hate that it's so early in the season because I would love for this series to be later in the year before the Sun Conference tournament. You know, really, when when these teams want that test and they really want to test who they are, but it's going to be a great early season matchup for two teams that have really started hot out of the gate. So, looking forward to that between Kaiser and St. Thomas University coming up this weekend. Our final. Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week, and this is the big one, the granddaddy of them all. Our National Series of the Week is Lion versus LSU Shreveport, and it's two top 25 programs 
with quick starts facing off in Arkansas. For Lyon, Tony Repke's club has done everything right to start off the year. They swept number 13 Oklahoma Wesleyan. They've won all their close games. Ryan Porras and Allen West have each struck out 19 hitters to begin the season. While Brock Beecham is tied for the lead in national saves with three so far on the young year. At bat, Lyon is hitting 333 as a team with an OBP of 417. Four of Kylan Barnett's eight hits have come for extra bases, and two-way player Allen West leads the team with nine RBIs. For LSU Shreveport, first-year head baseball coach Brad Neffendorf and the Pilots have hit the ground running. They swept Kansas Wesleyan, and they swept Cumberland's Tennessee in back-to-back series. Victor Silverio leads the team on the bump with 18 strikeouts and eight and two-thirds innings pitch. On offense, the Pilots are hitting 364. Peyton Robertson has a team high, 10 hits to start the year. The Pilots will run. They're number two in the nation in stolen bases, number one and number two teams in the nation, both coming out of the state of Louisiana in Loyola and LSU Shreveport, but 38 for the Pilots. This matchup features two top 20 offenses and two top 20 pitching staffs, and it is going to be a great matchup at Lyon between Coach Brad Neffendorf and Tony Repke. Cody, give me your really your thoughts on what's going to happen. This is a huge series early on here in the South for Lyon and LSU Shreveport, and really one of these teams is going to have to lose. Yeah, I think this was unanimously like a week and a head. We knew this was going to be our series, big series of the week. Uh, just two teams that are undefeated so far. Lyon owns a 4-2 and two series record over them. They've only played the last two years, though. We've mentioned it in the last podcast. Shreveport's one of the best offenses in the country. I mean, they are absolutely loaded offensively. They can hit it. Like you said, they can run. I think they're really good. I think they have the chance to have multiple All-Americans this season. I mean, you look at some of their players, Taylor Fajardo, Peyton Robertson. I mean, they are really good. Uh, Lyon, I have been super impressed with Ryan Porras. I mean, that kid has just been outstanding. I mean, the way what he did to Oklahoma Wesleyan was sensational. So I just think Lions pitching it really well. You add the addition of Allen West on the mound this year. I mean, this is a kid that was crushing it offensively last year as a freshman. Now he's pitching for him on the bump. He's doing really well. This is a big-time matchup. They're going to play four games, and I think this is a team, you know, this could potentially – I'm 100% going to go out and say these are opening round teams, and these are high-seed opening round teams. Me and you both feel – that Lyon and Shreveport are going to play above their ranking. Like I believe Shreveport will move up. I believe Lyon will move up. So I'm really looking forward to this win. Lyon has a 2.93 team ERA. Like you said, they're still hitting north of 300. Uh, Shreveport's been able to pitch it really well, but Shreveport's a team, kind of like Tennessee Wesleyan, you talk about the best offenses in the country, they're in that mix. So I'm really looking to see what Porras and West can do against that offense. Cody, would you say, you know, would you be comfortable saying, and, and maybe – it's just me right now, but but LSU Shreveport, the way that they've started off the season really kind of looks like a team that has that ability to host. I mean, you look at facility checks off, yes. They have that opportunity to host because they've been so good early on in the season. And then coming out of the Red River Athletic Conference, you know, they've really run that conference the last couple of years. So it's a huge opportunity for them if they continue to streak to set themselves up, not just as a high seed but as a number one seed. And that's a tough place to play in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm somebody who's played there a ton, you know, in my three years at Northwood University in Cedar Hill, Texas. That's a really hard place to play in Shreveport. And even though they kick Superfan 
by the wayside. He's no longer allowed there. It's still one of those places that the parents go and tailgate. There's people there. The stands are, are usually pretty filled. So would you be comfortable saying that LSU Shreveport right now, especially if they win this series, looks like an early season favorite for a team to host? Absolutely. When you take into the fact that their facility is really top-notch, and we think that this is going to be their best team in recent years. Like They are really good. I mean, this is a club that's been to the World Series more than once. Shreveport this year has a chance. You look at a team like Indiana Tech out of nowhere last year, made their way back to Lewiston. Would not surprise me. Shreveport is very talented. I mean, you start looking at their lineup one to nine, they are extremely good. LSUS has a really rich baseball history, and that's that's something that's been there. I mean, when I was there at Northwood 2012, I didn't want to see Greg Friesen at all come up to the plate because it felt like every time that dude came up to the plate, that ball was gone. So LSU Shreveport is has a great baseball history, so it'll definitely be interesting to see how they do against Lyon. Tony Repke's club has really been good. Alan West is young, and he has been absolutely fantastic so far in his first year and a couple weeks into his second year. I am absolutely looking forward to our NAI Ball podcast and our Silverback Sports National Series of the Week. Before we get into our Baseball America article, we want to just go over some quick finals on the day We're recording this on Tuesday. This will release on Wednesday. Sterling has defeated Concordia, Nebraska by a score of 5-4. IU Southeast defeats Indiana Wesleyan 5-2. USC Buford defeats Columbia International 3-1. Oklahoma Wesleyan walks off College of the Ozarks 9-6 in the bottom of the ninth. Going over some more finals here. Benedictine out of Kansas defeats Ottawa out of Kansas by a score of 12-2. Also gone final. Southeastern won the first game against Edward Waters. They are currently lead in game two as well. Taylor wins a huge matchup. Cody, basically a football score here, 17-14 over Olivet Nazarene. Georgia Gwinnett defeats Middle Georgia State 9-5. Mobile defeats Tougaloo 9-4. And then Columbia International bounces back in game two to defeat USC Beaufort by a score of 9-2. Weber International defeats Grandview out of Iowa 1-2. Nothing. Another game that that we'll definitely keep an eye on tonight, Cody, that's going to be a good one, is going to be St. Thomas University and Division II Barry University, undefeated team in that one. Also, Lion, who's in our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week, defeats Texas A&M, Texarkana, by a score of 8-6. to six. So let's talk a, a little bit about our Baseball America article, and I think Cody will agree with this, but Really just want to thank everybody who clicked on the link. Uh, uh, Cody, you have a better idea of, of the numbers we did just on our side, not really on on the numbers that we did, uh, that J.J. Cooper's tweet did, but why don't you tell the people at home a little bit about what, what our numbers were and click-throughs were for that article? Yeah, we were just super excited to get you know, north of 2,000 engagements, 1,500 link clicks, and uh, you know we were able to put that out 12 hours after J.J. Cooper did at Baseball America. Again, shout out to J.J. for the opportunity. And uh, we just appreciate the interest in NAIA baseball. Uh, we feel comfortable that we did the research and we did our homework enough and we know what we're talking about. Uh, we take NAIA baseball as seriously as anyone in the country, and we feel comfortable talking about it. I'm, I'm going to just say we, we take it more seriously than anybody in the country. I mean, this is, this is what we do. This is our happy place. This is what we love. This is what I look forward to. You know, uh, I want to thank all the coaches who reach out to me. And if you're a coach and you have my number, call me whenever. Like literally, if I'm if I'm not working, I will answer. And even sometimes at work, I'll answer. 
So, you know, give me a call. Tell me about your team. Tell me about what you see around the nation because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we become better. If you don't have my number, you want my number, robg 1063 on Twitter. Shoot me a message. Let's talk. I'm always open, just like Cody is absolutely always open. We spend our time talking to coaches all the time. We love it. I love getting to know y'all. I love getting to know your players. I love, you know, getting to grow this game. And that to me is is the big thing, is the ability to grow the game. And so what this partnership with Baseball America does, it's our, our chance to grow the game. And these draft prospectus is not going to look the same when draft time comes around. It's not going to look anywhere near the same. We're going to have players move up, down, left, right, in, out. But as of right now, these are the top 20 prospects that we feel most comfortable with putting out there. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how that gets to change as the season goes on because there's so many factors that go into our sport and whether guys get drafted or not. So really, thank you to J.J. Cooper. Thank you to everybody who clicked on the link. Thank you to Baseball America. Thank you to the coaches and the players that interact with us on a daily basis. We absolutely love it. So let's get things rolling here. Our number 20th prospect, our number 20 prospect, is catcher out of Faulkner, Jonathan Villa. Number 19 is outfield out of LSU, Shreveport in Louisiana, Taylor Fajardo. Number 18, outfielder out of Oklahoma, Wesleyan, Drenis Ozuna. 17, infielder out of Lewis Clark State, Dylan Plue. 16 is infielder out of Oklahoma City University, Gunnar Halter. 15, shortstop out of Faulkner, Sean Ross, 14, left-handed pitcher out of Faulkner, Antonio Frias, 13, right-handed pitcher out of Central Methodist University, Mason Schwellenbach, 12 is first baseman out of Freed Hardeman University, Josh Sears, and number 11 is outfielder out of Hope International, Dalen Lee. You know, which of these guys really stands out to you the most? A, a guy that, in your mind, when that, that draft comes around, that name's going to be called. I think Antonio Frias has definitely has a shot to pitch himself into a draft. Um, he's been great so far this year. Eleven innings, 0.84 ERA, 18 Ks. He's two and zero. I just think he's dominant. Didn't have what he wanted to do last year in Lewiston, but he had a great season. And I just think he's a special pitcher, and he's going to lead Faulkner this year. Um, there's just several players. You look at a guy like Josh Sears. I mean, he's incredible. Forty-two home runs. Hit twenty-one as a freshman. Twenty-one as a sophomore. You know, I feel confident saying he's going to hit twenty-one this year at least. Um, he's just incredible. You look at a guy like Mason Swellenbach. Not only is he an elite pitcher, I mean, you look what he did against Oklahoma City, two hits and one run in six innings, and that was on the road, by the way. Uh, he also plays third base where he can hit, he can rake. I think he's incredible. Sean Ross is a really good guy. He came from Juco. He's just awesome at bat, um, flashed leather in the infield. I think there's a lot of talented players on this list. You know what? That's that's a great thing, Cody, is that there's so many talented players on this list, and there's so many talented players still out there because – I can guarantee you when when we start to look at this for a midseason list, this list totally changes. And that's the great part about our sport and our game is that new guys are going to emerge. And I think about a guy like Josh Sears that's in his first year of draft eligibility, having that opportunity, you know, and, and if he puts up the numbers that he's put up in the past, he's he might really get a look at that. But I'm looking at guys like Sean Ross. I hear so many great things about Sean Ross, a shortstop out of Faulkner. I, th- I really thought last year Antonio Frias is a guy that was going to get his name called. Really was surprised that he didn't. So I think that this is the year for him. There are a lot of great players around the nation. 
So I'm, I'm just really excited to go over, you know, this and, and I get it, you know, not everybody is, we're not going to ever make everybody happy with our list, but at the same time, at the same time, this list is going to change. And these are the guys that right now at the start of the year, we feel had the best opportunity. And this is, this is going to be totally different when draft time comes around, but at the same time, you as a program and as a coach, you have to talk to us because you know, this is it. <laughs> it's, it's me and Cody is, is ESPN basically for the NAI. And, you know, we can only watch so many programs in the matter of a day. We can only read so many articles in the matter of a day. And at the same time, baseball America has done this amazing thing to allow us to highlight and show off our sport. And so again, I just want to thank JJ Cooper for that opportunity. So Thank you, JJ. Thank you to Baseball America. Thank you to all the coaches that interact with us. If you want to interact with us, you know where to find us. We'll say it again at the end of the show. Cody, before I let you go, man, give me your final thoughts on this week and everything we've kind of gone through. Like you said, I think it's just been a really big week. For week two, you know, we mentioned Coach Sanders, all-time winning as coach in Kentucky history, now picked up his win, 1,200. We talked about Coach Crayball winning game 1,500, Coach Dinkle winning game 400. Uh, I just think there's been a lot of milestones. We've had two no-hitters in two weeks. Uh, that's always fun. Got to like that. Uh, teams are really swinging it, too, man. We are scoring a lot of runs. Just off the top of my head, I know Oklahoma City scored a 12-run inning. Arizona Christian scored 11-run inning twice. Uh, Concordia put up a 16-run inning. So it's just fun. The Lion put up an 11-run inning. And uh, I just think it's fun. People like to see hits and home runs, and we're getting a ton of it early. Yeah, man, I, I- – couldn't agree more. It's been a great start to the season. There've been a lot of like surprising scores. It's it's been a lot of things that we didn't expect early on in the year. So it's been a great start to the year. I'm so excited to go through the rest of the year with y'all. That'll be it for us for this episode of the NAI Ball Podcast. We'll come back to you next week to go over everything from this past week and talk more NAI baseball. Until next time, if you need to get a hold of us at NAI Ball on Twitter for Cody. You can reach me, Robbie Gutierrez, the host of the NAI Ball podcast, at RobG1063 on Twitter as well. Don't forget to follow the NAI Ball podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Just search NAI Ball. And until next time, we'll see you soon. This was Season 3, Episode 2 of the NAI Ball podcast. And until we talk again, have a great day and an even better tomorrow.